This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Knows. इनकारनेशन ऑफ most profound and the most beautiful tatatreya was mentioned and we also understood what is the meaning of atri and anusuya how do you attain god realization if you go listen to the satsang once more you will understand what is being you know expounded is about the adhyatmik which is the spiritual truth about that story so we can also have tatatreya being born to us by our purification when our our heart and mind and surrendered unto the lotus feet of the guru is completed the divine manifests within us and that is why how um, anusuya mother of lord dattatre was given the highest purity she was a chaste woman it was a description of how pure and chaste you have to become and atri muni who was who who is the uh, father of lord dattatre has transcended Triguna, all the trigunas, trigunas. So he is trigunatmak, and that is why we also call Lord Dattatre as Avadhuta. He is eternally free being, and also he is trigunatmak. Trigunatmak, trimurti. What does it mean? Trigunatmak means one who has transcended the three gunas, and trimurti is the trinity. the manifestation of brahma vishnu and mahesh he has the very essence of all the three divinities within him and please know that he is the supreme master he is the guru of all gurus he is beyond even the sadguru so this is what we learn please go listen to it once again you will learn a lot from the beautiful chapter so today we'll begin of one more great manifestation or incarnation of lord dattatreya in the form of shripad shivallabh incarnation of shripad shivallabh chapter 5 guru charitra this chapter describes the reincarnation of shri dattatreya in the kali yuga as shripada shivallabh in pitapuram as a son to sumata pitapuram is somewhere near i think if i'm correct it is somewhere near kakinada it is in okay now i because of the you know uh, the split uh, the, the split between telangana and andhra pradesh i don't know whether it is coming in andhra pradesh or whether it is in telangana uh, it is whether it comes under telangana i don't know so i'm very sorry about my geography you can please go look it up but this place comes somewhere near kakinada shripad shivalla sets out on his divine mission at a very early age after curing his lame and blind brothers and blessing the household with endless prosperity siddha yogi again referred to the curse of durvasa rishi on lord vishnu due to this curse lord vishnu had reincarnated himself several times each of the incarnations subdued evil reestablished dharma destroyed the wicked people and helped and protected the good and the righteous people how beautiful it is again the only purpose the soul rather the soul purpose why the divine lord manifests or incarnates is simply to establish dharma and to protect the pious and the devoted his devotees and the disciples from the evil or demonic people the wicked people in this world who have astray and gone on the path of adharma and also most important to establish the dharma and guide the people on the path of spiritual being like the incarnations of vishnu in the earlier yugas in kali yuga lord dattatre too had to incarnate to promote righteousness to dispel spiritual ignorance 
which had overtaken the world due to the influence of Kali. Ah, this is extremely important. What is he saying here? See, especially in the Kali Yuga, the spiritual wheel or the spiritual upliftment is not happening because most of the people, in, due to the influence of the Kali and the Kali Yuga, rather the Kali Purusha, have gone astray from their path of righteousness, um, you know, God-fearing life. They don't no more fear God. Oh, forget about God-fearing. They don't even have God in their life. So where is the question of spirituality? It doesn't exist at all. What are they given into? Materialistic existence, running after sensual pleasures. Most importantly, two important weapons, sex and your palate. That's your, uh, you're given into your sex and palate. So that is the weapon which the Kali Purusha uses. We already studied about that. And what is that we are running after? Lust and greed. My God, it's, it's very dangerous. Uh, recently, I was reading a very beautiful chapter from Vaivarta Purana. And in that, you know, what is mentioned about Kali Yuga? They say, fighter some Kali Yuga. Why is it called fighter some? Because we are after each other's throat. We are fighting for everything. There is no goodness. There is no love. There is no harmony. There is no peace. You know, everybody is running after uh, fulfilling their material worldly desires and second nobody is nice to another being they are not kind everybody is ruthless they are they, they don't live the moral values anymore it doesn't matter to them you know i know somebody um, you know in this world who who had trusted a person in giving the uh, you know they had a farmland so they lease it out so the, the person who had trusted his friend and given the farmland for you know uh, for leasing it out and making sure that the money is equally divided had trusted this person but what happens even after five years just because the friend did not ask about the money it is completely and conveniently forgotten and after a reminder then they realize oh okay i need to pay this person and then they try to you know make it for it but they, they don't have the goodness to live a righteous path. So why do we have such mean nature? It is something that you need to ask. Please don't covet something that is not yours. Don't try to possess what is not yours. Why are you running after things? Why are you becoming greedy? There is no need. The most important thing that you have to attain is to live in dispassion and detachment and learn to discriminate. Discrimination is nothing but to see God in everybody. And that is when we will be very uh, truth, which means contented. We will not have this ill thoughts, ill will or trying to become jealous, avarice, you know, envy, greed and we are trying to take somebody else's property or try to take someone else's possession. And I know someone very closely related, uh, you know, around a distant relative. And in, in that family, uh, this is a story between a brother and a sister. And this sister has, what she has done is, the brother had this land and without even informing him, she has conveniently gone and constructed a house on, on, the, on the land which does not belong to her. What does it tell of you? See, all this means we are so greedy. We want to take or encroach something that is not ours, rightfully ours. And then the brother, out of goodness, did not go and fight for it. He said, I let it be because if I go to the court, it will be very shameful for my sister. And if tomorrow something goes wrong, her family will suffer. So I don't want to do that. But see, there is two aspects to look at it. One is, we can say this is karma. We are only going through all those actions based on our past karma. So as part of the prayer of the karma, that event is supposed to happen. But if you were living the, the aspect of goodness, righteousness, don't you think you could have averted that karma? Yes, you are not going to go and do something that is illegal. That is something going to be on the path of a dharma. You are never going to go do that. And that is the way to put an end to the karma itself. But what happened? No, that action has to be performed. And now, not only did the sister go and build that house, she actually abused that brother. 
and she called him lot of names and now what happened we don't even know that whether that was all the karma that is has to be done or the because of this issue that happened the fight that happened additional karma got created so why are we extending and giving uh, sanctioning ourselves many more lives so doesn't the cycle repeat again so which means again in the next or some other life of them that the reversal the role reversal will happen so there is no end to that uh, karma the birth of cycle uh, the birth of death and rebirth sorry the birth sorry the cycle of birth and death is sanctioned by our own actions so why are we not being careful why cannot we just live a life filled with contentment see god bestows upon everybody that which is necessary to them okay and he grants exactly that much which is required for you to sustain your life whatever that is but when you go beyond that and run after your desires you are not only putting yourself in trouble but you are putting everybody so everybody else associated with you so please don't do that and in this chapter shripad shivalab is going to talk about the purpose of this incarnation why does he manifest as a guru that is what we are going to learn and how do you live a spiritual life which is extremely important to understand and practice though doing all your actions but yet living a righteous life god pleasing life so that you can attain god realization so each of the incarnation subdued evil what is this doing subduing evil how does the evil get subdued when they come and teach expound some of the beautiful lessons of what it is to being divine how to be good how to overcome our tendencies our inherent nature that is what the gurus do they remove all our karmas they help us overcome our tendencies they and and reduce the impact of what is that we have performed in many lives and expiate in this life of ours and make sure that we go towards the path of god realization that is the only way to overcome all our sins so god given opportunity that we have a great guru and when you have such a divine master in your life don't waste your time because time is precious time is the very sense of lord shri krishna himself so don't waste time and go on that path you have to journey please understand there is no there is nothing that you are going to get from this material world the more you run into it the more you are going to get entangled and you are going to lost in that see either you can rise above or you can fall down the choice rests in your hand alone you can you can live like lord shri krishna you know living in that entire muck like the lotus leaf which is untouched by the water and he was the perfect being who performed all the duties he never said i am not going to do my duty he never took sanyasa but he is the knowledge incarnate himself so you can live like that that is why these stories have been imparted to you and you have the grace of the guru and even after the grace is being there you are going to be running after lust and greed then there is no point you are digging your own grave and let me assure you this much like the incarnations of vishnu in the earlier kali yugas lord datatre too had to incarnate to promote righteousness to dispel spiritual ignorance what is spiritual ignorance spiritual ignorance is to understand that i am not this body i am that divine being i am that para brahman i know i don't have to get attached to the body that is the most important thing you know what the one obstacle or the path of spirituality is your identity with this body see the word spirituality itself means to understand that you are the spirit and not the body it talks about who is the spirit who are you that is what spirituality teaches then it also teaches how to be in this world and yet realize your spiritual being and be detached and just do your duties being born of that body and also to expiate all your karmas and performing nishkam karma which is selfless action so that you do not accrue any karma at all and you are only going to be lost in the divine you are going to do all your activities but by being lost in the divine and then now karma can never touch you because you are only performing selfless action to dispel spiritual ignorance which had overtaken the world due to the influence of kali and to light the lamp of wisdom among people Lord Dattatre was born as Shripad Shivalab the Siddha Yogi narrated about his avatar to Namdarak 
there is a place called Pitapuram on the eastern coast of southern India. There lived a pious Brahmin couple in this place. The husband's name was Apalaraju and the wife's name was Sumata. While managing the household on one hand, Sumata used to devotedly assist her husband in religious rituals. On the other, she was very hospitable and used to serve guests with great veneration. How should a wife be? You know what? Why, why is all these lesson given? These are characters. See, all this is only teaching the adhyatmic truth. It is something that you have to understand. What is it meaning here? See, the wife's name was Sumata. While managing the household on one hand, Sumata used to devotedly assist her husband in religious rituals. See, Ramakrishna Paramahamsa Ji is very beautifully taught in the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna. In that he says, your wife or your husband have to equally support on the path of your spiritual wheel. Otherwise, there is no point. Otherwise, you will become a crass human being. You will give in to your carnal desires and get lost in the material worldly existence. So, whoever you are getting married to or whatever the life that you have, both of you have to live a God-pleasing life. Supporting each other's spiritual wheel. So, here she devoutedly assists her husband in religious rituals. And on the other, she was also very hospitable and used to serve guests with great veneration. Actually, this reminds me of a very funny incident and I'm just going to tell. It's not the meaning, but the problem is in the Kali Yuga, we have lost our moral values. See, as per our Sanskriti, that is our culture and values, um, as per our Dharma, we believe whenever a guest comes, visits your home, it is believed that they are God alone. Atiti Daivo Bhava. And once, uh, my Guruji and myself, we had visited someone. And over there, so this, there was this family and they were serving us, okay. So see, it's, I can understand, they are ignorant being. But this whole thing about hospitable is not understood. You first serve your guests and only then serve your family people. And you know, what did they do? In love of their own family members, whatever was brought in, like for the lunch, they served first to their family members and then to us. And more, without even asking whether you need a little more, whether would you like to leave. And this, they went on serving their own family. Oh, you like this, you should eat this. And they didn't, they didn't care about my Guruji and me. So this shows about their ignorance. Today we don't understand what it is to be hospitable. You don't treat your guests and that too. My Guruji is the Lord Almighty. Can you imagine? Forget about me. I'm not saying it's me. But I'm talking about when a great master is there. When the divine Lord Almighty is there. You don't even care to do that. So this is the kind of uh, you know culture and value they have. You know they're only lost in their family members. Oh you like this. You should eat. You like that. Then why have you even invited the guests? So this, this was a shocker to me. And for me, then my Guruji says, look, people are ignorant. You cannot hold anybody responsible because they don't know that. So yes, the reason I'm saying is we have to follow this dharma very importantly. Whenever the atiti comes, it is most important. First, you offer your guests. You serve them like they are God. No matter who it is, whether it is a foe, your friend, your enemy, anyone who visits your place, you need to treat them like God Almighty. That is what our dharma teaches us. And first you have to serve them. After finishing everything, then only you have to eat in the end. And please stand there and ask, what do they need? Can you offer any more? It is extremely important. Atiti Daivo Baba. Please remember, many of the great saints and sages, do. Is this is one of the way they test. To see where do the people, in, where do the people stand? Do they care about... You know, serving the atiti or they are only bothered about their own family, attached to their children, husband, every other people. And they don't, they don't care about the atiti who's come there. The, even though God is visiting your home, you will discard, disregard him. So this is another way of the great gurus to test you. Please remember this, okay? On one Amavasya, there was a shad ceremony in the house. All the food preparations were ready. But the priest had still to take the sacramental food. At this juncture, a sannyasi came near the back door and asked for food. How to offer food to this strange guest before the priests were fed? 
was a dilemma for Sumata. Can you believe this is the way the great divine masters want to test? How much is your devotion and what do you do in such a point? At such a point. On Shraddh days, to feed anyone before the priest who symbolize, uh, sorry, who symbolize and represent that departed souls, the Pitri Devas, Devtas, are fed is prohibited. So it's a belief. See, these are the beliefs from our scriptures which we follow. But again, the, that following has to be understood in the right manner. See, all these Veda Shastras are only taught by the scholars who themselves don't understand it. Like I keep saying this, the Vedas can only be explained by the Lord Almighty and not anybody. So anybody who is below that and who has just learned from the scholarly institutions or from some other, you know, the Vedic, uh, uh, the, the Vedic gurus, then they are not qualified enough to even understand. But we have certain, uh, certain principles to be followed. And here, at this juncture, it was mentioned that the priests were supposed to be fed Shad ceremonies you are offering uh, to your forefathers who have dead and gone. So you are performing a ceremony. It is like when you feed the priest, it is believed that they, your forefathers, their soul attains that peace or they get released. That is what is being mentioned. And, and rather, that is the purpose. So I don't know in deep aspect of this subject. So I'm not someone who's qualified to explain in detail. But yes, this is the basic understanding that I have, which I have expounded. But if you need more clarification, you can uh, send a question. I will be able to get back to you in detail. So on sharp days, to feed anyone before the priest who symbolize and represent the departed souls, the Pitri Devtas, are fed is prohibited. If anyone else is fed, it is supposed to nullify the merit and the purpose of the Shad ceremony. In her dilemma, Sumata looked with embarrassment at the face of the sannyasi. She instantaneously felt that the guest was no ordinary being. Has God himself come to test me, she felt. She forgot everything as to what was right and what was wrong. And she rushed to serve him food. Lo, the mendicant was Guru Dattatreya himself. Dattatreya was extremely pleased with Sumata for her goodness of heart. What is he pleased with? Her goodness of heart. See, this is what is missing today within us. We don't care about people. We don't value anybody. We don't respect. We, we, we talk very demeaning of others. See, most important is what? Goodness of heart. What does spirituality teaches us? Spirituality teaches us how to see God in everybody, how to love everybody, how to serve everyone in this world. When you serve everyone, you're serving the divine Lord Almighty. That is when the Lord is pleased with you and you attain that realization. So it's extremely important. And who is the doorway to God? The Guru is the doorway to God. So how is the Guru pleased? The Guru is pleased when you live all his teachings. When he sees his disciple and devotees evolve on that path of dharma, when he sees them doing their purpose, when he sees them living every lesson that he has taught. So please make your guru be very pleased with you. And, and that way the gods are pleased. And then you attain the dattatreya's born to you. you. You become that anusuya, you become that atriya muni yourself. And Lord dattatreya is born to you. What does that mean? God realization happens. You realize that God and anything that you wish, even just a thought, you can create that in your own life. That is the power you will hold. But you have to be absolute pure, chaste. I think the qualities were very beautifully described. Go listen to this chapter on the incarnation of Lord Dathavri, the birth of Lord Dathavri. And in that you have to understand what are the profound truth about it. How to be pure. Purity is extremely important. Even... Again, I keep giving this example with my Krishna Guruji teachers. He says, you might be the bottle of Ganga, but one drop of potassium cyanide turns that entire bottle of Ganga water into poison. So likewise, one wrong action, one bad thought, you cannot be pure, you cannot attain God realization. So you have to be the perfect being. For that, you have to strive hard. You have to put your effort. You have to do your sadhana and continuously, you know, practice to living these lessons. See, this is, these are explained in a beautiful story format. Like Leela's, we say. They are all beautiful place, but they have profound meaning. But if we don't live those lessons, 
then how is it going to help us to attain the spiritual wheel? How are you going to understand what it means to live these lessons? So please become good. See, goodness is the word which is coming here, constantly being repeated. Lo, the mendicant was Guru Dattatre himself. Dattatre was extremely pleased with Sumata for her goodness of heart and said, Mother, I am very much pleased with you. Ask for whatever good you may wish. At this, Sumata was overjoyed. In that ecstasy, she spoke out, Maharaj, let the word Mother, Amma, as you addressed me, now become true and real. That is, may you be born to me. That is all what I beseech you. The Lord said, so be it, and instantly disappeared. This is how the divine beings work. But see, this is again a Leela. You know why? Because they want to come and take birth in a pious womb. Again, if you go back to Anusuya, what, who was she? Who was Atri Muni? They are very pious beings. So being pious, they were able to have the Lord Dattatreya born to them. So you, the, these divine beings only will want to take birth in such a pious, be, pious be, uh, you know, in the pious family or to the pious souls. So they come and test. So Sumata stood her test by Lord Dattatreya. So he blessed her that I will be born to you as your son. And of course, in course of time, Sumata became a mother and Sripad Sriballa, the incarnation of Lord Dattatreya, was born to her as her son. In truth, it was not a birth in the normal sense. It was the manifestation of the Lord as a child in the house. Please remember, the divine beings are not born as a body. They, they manifest. Manifest means they will just manifest themselves into a particular body, particular room or in a particular form. They don't take birth like you and me. They don't, they are not born as this body through a womb. They only manifest. There is a huge difference between being born as this uh, body and manifesting. So the divine beings only manifest. So in course of time, Sumata became a mother and Sripad she, uh, Sri the incarnation of Lord Dattatreya, was born to her as her son. In truth, it was not a birth in the normal sense. It was the manifestation of Lord as a child in the house. How blessed is the mother that bore the Lord as her child. The child was named Sripad, as advised by the priests of the place. As the child's feet bore all the auspicious and holy marks and signs like the conch, chakra, etc. You know who has these holy marks on the feet? The conch, the chakra, the lotus, the fish, the bow and arrow. Who does have? Lord Sri Krishna. And who do you think Lord Dattatreya is? He's the man, he's the essence, uh, rather, Lord Dattatreya is none other than Lord Sri Krishna himself. It is one of his forms. So, you can find all these marks in Lord Dattatreya himself. He is none other than Shri Krishna. So, that is why Lord Shri Krishna says that I am the very essence of the Guru, the great master, because he is the knowledge himself. And please note that Dattatreya, Lord Dattatreya is a supreme master. He is the Guru of all Gurus. See, they say, right, you become a Guru, then you become a Sadguru. And, and Dattatreya is beyond the Sadguru. He is the supreme master. He is Jagat Guru. That's why we say Krishna Mande Jagat Guru. Sri Pada's threat ceremony, Upanayana Samskara was performed at the age of seven. Just as the initiation ceremony commenced, Sri Pada shone like Jnana Bhaskara, son of wisdom, and started reciting Vedic mantras with great mastery. <coughs> Sorry. All the pundits and scholars were dazed at Sri Pada's self-manifested knowledge and wisdom and bowed down to him. Please remember, these great beings are the knowledge incarnate. So what can any scholar or pundit can teach him? They cannot. On the contrary, they are all here to learn from this great divine being. When Sri Pada attained marriageable age and his parents had found a suitable match for him, they told him about it. Sri Pada smilingly said, Renunciation, Vairagya, alone is my companion in life and every woman in this world is none else but my mother. 
these great beings are not here to become bound in the material worldly existence. They have a purpose. What was the purpose mentioned? To establish dharma, to dispel the spiritual ignorance and to initiate those who want to evolve on the path of spirituality. They come here with a very clear purpose. They are not going to be attached in getting married, trying to be attached to their family. They don't care about their family. Let me be very honest. They only bless Sumata so that they can be born through her. And that is just, a, it's a great blessing to give birth to a great uh, supreme master like him. And these parents don't understand that. They get attached saying, oh, I have given him the birth. No, on the contrary, the great master, the divine being has done a favor to you by, you know, blessing you to be born through you. And you don't understand the greatness. See, everybody is part of Vasudev Kutumbam. This entire universe is his family. He doesn't have this, only the family where he manifests. This is the truth you need to understand. Every master, every guru, a real guru considers this entire universe as their own family. It's part, they're all, everyone is part of Vasudev Kutumbam. Kutumbam means family. Or the family of Lord Shri Krishna. As he said that the Vairagya Sri, Yoga Sri would be his life's companion. He came to be known as Shri Vallabha, Shripad Shri Vallab. Shripad further said, my mission is to go out into the world to give initiation to and guide the sadhus. Did you see that? They are here to give the spiritual way. They are here to initiate as many people or as many though as many as those who want to evolve on the path of knowing about God, the truth alone, not wanting material worldly desires. So he said, My my purpose is to go and initiate the sadhus, those spiritual aspirants. Saying thus, he sought permission from his parents to take to sannyasa and leave the home. But it was too much for the parents to give their consent. See, this comes as an obstacle with every great master, with every great guru, everybody, even Lord Shankaracharya. Adi Shankaracharya also had to face this. His mother, that is Lord Adi Shankaracharya's mother, was not willing to let go of him. When Adi Shankaracharya was 8 years old, he said, I want to now leave and go on my path. But his mother was so obsessed. She said, no, I can't let you go. And so Adi Shankaracharya created a delusion. You know, he just put a maya in front of as though he's getting drowned. When he, when he was, when he is, sorry, when he went to have bath, he, he showed his mother that he's getting drowned. The waves of the sea is pulling him away. And that time he said, if you promise me to, if you promise to let me go, then I will be rescued from here. I will be able to be saved, you know. And then his mother had to budge and say, okay, I will let you go and make, you know, go, let you go on your path of becoming a sannyasa, whatever that he wants to do. And then he removed the delusion. So the great, the great gurus, the great divine beings have to use different methods so that the, they, the family doesn't bound them. Like my Krishna Guruji, also, though living in this world, he said, I'm only, I'm the master of everybody. Everybody is my family. To him, we are all his family. So he was very clear in becoming detached from everybody. The, he manifested into a body, into a family. He did his duty as that body was required to do. But he was not attached to anything. He was completely detached. He gave up. He renounced. Yet he did his duty. Whatever that is required of. And today his purpose is only this. To put the aspirants, the spiritual aspirants on the path. To teach about bhakti, love and devotion. To talk about how to live a righteous life. How not to create karma. How to overcome your karma. And evolve on the path alone. And most important, to guide those disciples so that they can also carry forward his teaching and let his legacy carry forward. That is the most important thing. He's come to establish dharma. He's come to empower us in God realization. That is all his purposes. So nobody can bound, you know, nobody can bind them. Similar is my case. The stand that, of course, this whole aspect of marriage comes in your life. There was a point in my own life when I wanted to get married. That is this much, way much before I, I came into spiritual world. I came, I met my Guruji. 
Before that, I was also an ordinary human being, did not understand who I was and I was seeking something and that something was I want to get married. But who do I want to get married was a very interesting question. I thought I, I wanted to get married to some human being. But in my mind, I'm seeking the divine Lord Almighty, Lord Sri Krishna himself. So how can I find that Lord in a human being? No, I was never going to find. So it was, it was a disconnect and there was a pressure from the society. Um, you know, family, relatives, everybody saying you have to get married, you have to get married. But when the day arrived, when I met my Guruji, rather my Guruji found me. When he found me and I did my studies with him, I started on my journey. When he did Bhagavad Gita, I don't even know what transformed in me. I understood that I am only seeking Lord Sri Krishna. He is my husband. I am not interested in getting married to any human being in the physical world. No, I am seeking that God Almighty. And when this truth dawned on me, it, you know, when I understood, when I realized it, I made a very clear decision that I don't want to get married. But you know what? It's the world which will pressure you. Those are, the, those are maya. Those are delusions. But that is what you have to overcome in going on your path of spirituality. Because those are the obstacles that will come. And then what happens? The choice is in your hands. Whether you want to take that or not. So in my case, I made the decision that I don't want to get married. And I walked the path with my Guruji. I wanted to evolve on the path of spirituality. So these kind of tough tests comes. And then the whole world is going to call you names. You're going to call names to your Guruji. Everybody, they're going to say a lot of things. Why? Because you're not following the normal worldly dictates. The way the world prescribes. And please remember, even today my Krishna Guruji will say, you need to completely get detached from everything. You have to you have to be in the state of detachment. Just work as a, just do everything in a detached state. Don't get attached to anything. So this is the next stage we have to overcome. The complete detachment to everything has to come about. It could be whether to this body, to the, this body's family or anyone. Even the job. It could be just an, you know, I'm wearing this jewelry. An attachment to this jewelry also is a misery. Everything is a misery. So you have to overcome. You have to become detached to everything. So renunciation. Renunciation means nothing but you will renunciate and become detached. You are not going after your desires. Your sole purpose is to attain your spiritual wheel alone. So this is the decision that I took. And since then there is no looking back. Doesn't mean I'm not living in this material world. Of course I go to work. I'm doing every other thing that is required of this body to be done. But evolving on the path of spiritual. My spiritual goal is the most important to me. Because that is what will redeem me from the material worldly existence. Like how Lord Sri Krishna lived. He performed all his duties to the highest of his ability. I mean, he's the ultimate. He's, a, he's an epitome of perfection. We can't even compare him. So, but I aspire to live his way of life. That is the path I am on today. And I'm very grateful to my Krishna Guruji who showed me this path. See, my Guruji is always going to give you choices. He gave me the choice. I also went to him. I said, Guruji, he asked me, who, what is that you want? I, I gave him, very innocently, I told him, you know, I want to get married. I want to have a great job. I want to, you know, achieve the highest in my professional world. I gave I also said very innocently my desires that I had. And then he said, describe what kind of husband do you want? It's a very funny conversation. And then I was describing every attribute of what or the qualities I want in my husband. And that time he said, oh, you want to marry Lord Sri Krishna. That was my Eureka moment. Oh my God. And then everything that was happening in my life came and stood in front of me. So every a temple that I visited, I was given a message because when I was worshipping, I was seeking that I want to marry Lord Sri Krishna. But the sign, the signs were given to me. I could not see what it meant. I didn't understand. But at that moment, when the words came from my Guruji's mouth, that, you know, that everything came literally, it, it stood in front of me. I exactly knew at that moment what those signs meant. And I got my answer. And since then, there is no looking back. You know, what you find in life is the contentment that comes in as you evolve. You know, when you work, when you are with your guru, you start becoming desireless. Your desires will come down. They will go away. They will just leave. And then you will become a perfect renunciate. Renunciation is what you have to achieve. Renunciation doesn't mean you have to become sannyasi. 
Renunciation means you have to become a desireless being. You are not going to get attached to anything in the material world, yet you will do all your duties to the T. Even today, my Guruji, his sole purpose is to teach and he is doing everything so perfectly. He is a master of all subjects. You know, you can't even compare his ability to, you take any subject, he is like master of it. And we will not even have a surface level knowledge. Why? Because he puts his heart and soul into learning that. Even though he knows everything, he doesn't have to learn or do anything. You know why he does? So that he can set an example for us. So we can follow. And tomorrow we can set an example so that the world could follow. So like that, he's only, you know, developing people who can carry forward the teaching, who can set an example in this world. And the, his legacy continues. That is the purpose why these great masters manifest time and again. So that the dharma is not gone off the track or it's gone, it's not gone astray. So Sri Padas further said, my mission is to go on to go out into the world to give initiation to and guide the sadhus. Saying thus, he sought permission from his parents to take to sannyasa and leave the home. But it was too much for the parents to give their consent. How could they forego such a son? The situation was all the more poignant because among the other two children they had, one was dumb and deaf and the other was blind and both were invalids and mentally retarded. If Sri Pada Sri Vallabh forsook them, who would look after them in their old age? This is another thing these parents have, right? They feel that when they are giving birth to the children, they believe that it is the children's duty to take care of the parents and they are only worrying about their old age. This is another very um, interesting concept we have. Yes, you, your children are there to take care of you, but one thing my Krishna Guruji has always taught is we have to become independent. We are not here to depend on our children. See, we are only a vehicle through whom these children are, whoever they are, you know, we are, um, whoever your children are, they are being born through you. But doesn't mean you have right over them or doesn't mean you own them. And this is another uh, concept which is misunderstood in this world. You know what my Guruji teaches? He says, everybody is God's child. No, each one belongs to the Lord himself. So he is the father of everyone. He is the mother of everyone. He is the kartadharta of everybody. He knows everybody's well-being. Just because you, you are being given, you are you are being born to somebody, it doesn't become that they are only your parents. So this is the misconception that we have in our life. So my Guruji says, let the Lord do what he wants to. He knows how to take care of his children. Who do you think you are to take care of your parents or your, uh, your children, your wife? Why are you thinking that you are responsible? The day you take ownership of them, then the karma comes to you. But when you say Krishna Arpan and then say, Lord, you do what is right for them, then that no karma comes to you. So don't think that you are responsible for your parents, for anybody else in this world. You are not. The Lord is responsible and he makes provisions for everyone. He knows your past, your present and your future too. He knows what is required for you. So he makes all the necessary arrangements. So why bother? So this is the truth about it. So don't think that, oh, my, your, you know, my children have to take care of us in our old age. Don't have this live God-pleasing life. Know that, have the absolute faith in the divine that he is taking care of you. How he takes care of you is none of your business. And it's a very nice story. Um, I think this is a part of some, um, I read it in a, in one of the stories from the Buddhism. It's a parable sort of. In that, there's this old, uh, yeah, very young monk. He's never been out in the world. So first time he goes on, you know, asking for bhiksha. Bhikshu. He's a bhikshu. He's going to uh, take um, arms. So he goes into uh, he goes to one house and knocks the door. So this young girl of 14 or 16 years old, she comes out and he looks at her very strangely. And then the girl's mother comes out to offer him some bhiksha. At that time, the monk asks her, does your daughter have some disease? She seems to have some like, you know, I don't know what exactly the word he uses. I am very sorry. But he says, he looks at her breast, right? And then says she has some uh, bites or something like, you know, he, he, looks, he thinks it's some kind of a disease that she's got. So the mother says, 
See the God has made provision. He says that God is when the child is being born, the breasts are used to feed the child. So God has made this provision for the baby to be fed. At that, the monk says, oh my God, in that case, why am I even trying to say that, come and beg? When the God has done such a, he's, he has programmed for everything to be taken care in such a beautiful manner. Why am I coming and begging? So my Lord will take care of me. That is what he says and then he walks out from that place. See, this is what you need to understand. The moral of this story is to say that you, the God will take care of you. Why are you worried? Where is the money going to come from? Where is the food going to come from? Where am I going to get this clothes from? What will happen to my job? Why are you worried? He, everything will happen perfectly at the right time. You just have to do what you have to do. Don't bother about how it is going to come from, where it is going to come from. It's never in your hands. The Divine Lord knows at His appointed timing, at the God's perfect timing, things will happen. All you need to have is that absolute faith in the God, in the Divine Lord Almighty. And then your life will become magic. And then you will only sail through it. You will sleepwalk it. This is the truth. So coming back. What would be the plight of the family? That was the anxiety and anguish of the parents. This is a very normal way to think about by our material worldly, uh, material worldly people. Shri Pada understood their worry and anxiety. He called his brothers near him, cast a divine and a benevolent glance at them with overflowing love and what a wonder. Instantly, their physical and mental disabilities disappeared. They became perfectly normal and also gained instantaneously the knowledge of all the Vedas and scripture. All were overwhelmed with joy. Sri Pada then blessed all of them, saying that they would have a healthy and prosperous life. He enjoined on his brothers to serve the parents with love and devotion and assured them on liberation in that birth itself. Sri Pada, Sri Vallava, then decided to set out on his mission. He bade goodbye to his parents. To his mother, he said, Mother, don't worry. Sorry that I am... Sorry, he said to his mother, don't be sorry that I am leaving you now. I have got a divine mission to fulfill. What is it? A divine mission. See, every manifestation, every purpose of this incarnation only for a divine purpose. Even the birth of this human body is for a divine purpose. Till you don't serve the purpose, then there is no point in living this, this human existence. And that is why we say, when you meet the Guru, the Guru shows you one is a... What is your dharma and what is your swadharma? Swadharma is the purpose of your existence, the purpose of being born, the, the divine mission. Why are you here? You are here to serve the purpose of the God. And that will come to you when you evolve on that path and your guru will guide you through that path. I have to redeem the world from the ignorance it is steeped in. I have taken this birth as your son only to redeem humanity. See? It's very, very important. I have to instill into all people faith in God and reveal to them the divine glory. He consoled all his relatives with his kindly advice and loving words and went out of sight in a trice. Using his yogic power, he travelled with the speed of mind and reached the holy Varanasi, Kashi, instantly. There he remained incognito. He then went to Badrikashram on a pilgrimage, worshipped the deity there and then went to the south. He arrived at Gokarna Mahabaleshwar. Gokarna is a hallowed place. It is the seat of Mahabaleshwar Shivalinga. Sri Pada Sri Vallabha stayed there for three years and with his penance made it even holier place. Absolutely. Wherever the divine masters, the great gurus, the great divine beings, you know, visit, that place becomes holy. The divinity over there is established further. It, you know, they remove all the sins and ensure the divinity is very strongly established there. So whoever comes to worship, then you know they they have they can experience the power of the divinity over there. So it is not Ganga who purifies. Sorry, it is not Ganga who purifies the sins of this people. It is when the great gurus, the great divine beings, dip their holy feet in the Ganga is when she is purified. This is the truth. So please. Know that whenever such great divine beings visit your home or, you know, their feet, you know, falls 
in your house or wherever your abode, wherever that is, please treat them with absolute reverence. You know, give them everything that is possible. Serve them with loving devotion and faith. You will be blessed. It is very rare to, you know, get such great gurus visiting your home. Or even if you have the privilege to visit them, offer them your service, offer them your love, offer them your devotion. That is what it is very important. Treat them like the God Almighty itself. Don't go by their ordinary human appearance. They are not human beings. This is the truth you need to understand. Don't go by the body they have done, the garb that they are wearing. The body is not them. They are ever unmanifest. They are just, you know, don that body and that body of theirs, that, that you know, the physical body which they are using to, you know, to, to serve the purpose, that body is only an illusion. That's a delusion. That's the maya. So it looks very ordinary, but don't go by that. Have that utmost faith. You will get their grace and, you know, seek for your spiritual wheel alone. That is what they will be able to grant you. Don't go with your material worldly desires. It has no value. When you have such great beings coming to you, please ask for your spiritual wheel. That is the highest thing that you can ever ask. So with this, we end. Thus ends the fifth chapter of Sri Guru Charitra describing the reincarnation of Lord Dattatre as Sri Pada Sri Vallabha. So please remember and most important you need to understand Datta, Lord Dattatre is an eternal being. So he, he keeps manifesting. He is never leaving. Even today when you visit the holy place of whether it's Kandapur or uh, Sri Pada, the Pitapuram, you will experience him. But you need to have the faith. As is your faith, so are your experiences. So you can experience Lord Dattatreya wherever you want. Please know, he's an Avaduta. He's always roaming. Huh? He's very beautiful. He's so divine. He's so compassionate. It's just like uh, talking about him. Um, I can, I just can say there's no words to describe him. It's very, it's very uh, difficult to adequately describe his greatness. Because the words cannot, no Shrutis, no Shastras can ever describe this great being. Just his presence will melt you. You will, you will feel, you know, this, this entire world is just futile. You will feel this material world existence is waste. And that is what you will feel in his presence. Seek that grace. Experience him. Seek that spiritual being, you know. So he's the only one who can grant, you know, to help you overcome your spiritual ignorance. Ask for that alone. Don't get attached in the material worldly desires, sensual pleasures and whatnot. Be good. Be your good self. This is my Guruji's mantra. The one thing that he'll teach all of us and especially me as well. He'll say, be your good self. Be compassionate. Be loving. You need to be very kind. Let the world be what they want. When you live as a role model following all this, your love and goodness will melt. It'll, it'll spread that love. It'll spread that harmony. So we are here to do good alone. We are not here to you know fight. We are not here to say mean things or bad things. Let your words, every word that comes from your mouth, be very sweet as nectar alone. It let all the good words come from your mouth. This is what you have to pray. So with this, I end this chapter. Thank you for joining Sri Guru Charitra Parayan. I would like to tell you that um, I am not available this rest of the week. We will continue Guru Charitra back again from next Monday onwards. I have certain uh, work to be done, so I am going to be uh, taking the time off. So, thank you for your understanding. Once again, wishing you all a very happy Shankranti in advance. Hope you enjoyed the beautiful festival with your family and loved ones. Om Shri Mahaganapate Namaha Om Shri Gurudev Datta Om Shri Sachidananda Sadguru Sainath Maharaj Ki Jai Om Namo Bhagavade Vasudevaya Digambara Digambara Shripad Vandava Digambara Om Shri Krishna Guru Nathanathaya Shri Gurudev Namaha Om Devi Durga Namaha Om Shri Krishna Pranamaski